Well, howdy. Good to see you tonight. I believe looking over the congregation, Brother Gray must have told him that I was coming. But we're glad you're here. It's been a long time since I preached in this church, and I doubt if any of you were here then. I think I preached two revivals way, way back there a long time ago here. At, uh, but we're glad to be back and be with you. Can you all hear me okay back there in the back? Yeah. I, uh, one thing I think I can do for you tonight is Make you proud of your pastor and be glad to hear him again. But I've got a message tonight on my heart that I want to share with you for a little while about a place called heaven. A place called heaven. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, verses 8, 9, and 10, and 16. Have a little trouble there? That's in the Old Testament. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with them of the same promise. Now notice. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. In verse 16. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Then turn to the book of the Revelation, chapter 21, first four verses. I'm sure you've read it many times. And this is John talking. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. A place called heaven. Or maybe why I want to go there. It's the home of the saints. A place. A lot of people think it's a figment of our imagination, heaven. But heaven is a real place. The Bible is the only source that I know of that really gives us the right information about heaven. Now, there's people who wrote a lot about heaven, but if they wrote true about heaven, they got their information from the Word of God. Yes, heaven is real, 
Paul said, if I had hope only in this world in Christ, I'd be of all men most miserable. You remember when he sent out the 70, two by two? They went out to serve and to witness, and they come back, and they were just so excited. They said, Lord, even the devils were subject to us. Let me paraphrase this a little bit. He said, boys, don't get caught up too much in that, but rather rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Now, if it's a place where you can write it, it must be real, right? The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 23, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. It's a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. It's a city whose inhabitants are multitudes. It's a city without grief. It's a city without grave. It's a city without sin. A city without shame. A city without death. We read the reward of heaven, the treasures of heaven, the angels of heaven, the tabernacles of heaven, and the thrones of heaven. So I declare to you it's a real place. And Jesus called it a place. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare it, I'll come again and receive you into myself. You see, it's a city, not a desert, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. We're living in a make-believe world. Hollywood can do a lot of things. I seen them part the Red Sea one time. And it looked real, but it was all fake. It wasn't real. Did anybody here ever watch the mountain men? You don't have to hold up your hands if you don't want to. But I, I used to watch, I liked old Tom. You remember old Tom? He, he, he was gimpy, kind of like I am. And he's old, and he lived out there in the mountains, and, and uh, he had this old snowmobile, the little sled behind it, and he'd go up in the mountains to trap. And I saw him one day, he went trapping, and when he, he got back about five miles of home, and he's, Mobile quitting. And it's getting about dark, and you know, and he didn't know how he's going to make it. And you know, sometimes I talk to them guys. I said, Oh, dummy, you're getting that mobile behind you, there's video on this, and you won't have to walk home. Amen. It's fake. But heaven is real. It's, it's not fake. It's real. I, I tell you, friends, I'm looking for something that's real. I, I'm looking someplace where my resurrected eyes can see the beauty of it and my resurrected feet can walk the streets of it and my resurrected ears can hear the music of it and my resurrected heart can feel the love of it that's what I'm looking for and the model prayer it even said our father which art in heaven so heaven is real it's a place now if it's real and if it's a real place somebody had to make it it didn't appear, it didn't just happen, somebody had to make it. Hebrews, Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. He knew who made it. Jeremiah or John says, all things were made by him and not anything made that he didn't make. Colossians says, for by him were all things created, are created. Adam and Eve was excluded in the Garden of Eden. But before that they had walked and they had talked with God. Probably face to face. One day, friends, we've been saved, we'll get to talk to him face to face. Just like Adam did back there. The Bible says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. 
And you know, I got to thinking about who's going to be there. Multitudes are going to be there. I heard a fellow one time say, I, I believe you'll be able to count them on your ten fingers. Well, that'd leave, probably leave me out. But it's not going to because I've been born again and I'm going to be one of those ten if that's all it is. But the Bible says there'd be multitudes there. He said, John said, After this I beheld and a great multitude, which no man could number, of every nation, kindred, people, and tongue. These are those that come out of the great tribulation. That's not counting all of them that's dead before us or dying after us before the tribulation. A lot of people there. Multitudes from Labrador where Grenfell labored. Multitudes from Burma where in, uh, John, or, uh, Judson went. Multitudes from Africa where Livingston burned his life out for the Lord. And you know what I think? I think there are going to be multitudes. We'll bring it home. Multitudes there that's been born again here in this old church at Ten Mile. That even brings it closer to home. And I felt multitudes. Victims of earth diseases will be there. But no disease anymore. Multitudes forever in heaven's health. Multitudes who were in sorrow here on earth. Now enjoying the joy of heaven. Multitudes who on earth were hungry, didn't have all they needed to eat, but now they're feasting on the man of heaven. Multitudes, poorly dressed while they were here, but now dressed in the regalia of heaven. Multitudes here on earth suffered pain after pain, but now they're living in that painless land. Multitudes who saw the graveyard, they took their babies, they took their mothers, their fathers, their brothers and sisters, but now will never see another graveyard. That ought to excite us just a little bit. And I thought of the marvels of heaven. Remember the Queen of Sheba? She heard about the fame of Solomon, the wisdom of Solomon, the wealth of Solomon. She said, I can't believe it. I'll have to see it for myself. So she took a visit. And she visited with him and saw how he treated his servants and how he instructed, how wise he was and how wealthy he was. And she went back saying, the half has never been told. We could preach to you for hours and the half will never be told about heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. I can't describe it. I, today, I, I am really, I don't know, flabbergasted, I guess would be the word I read and see on TV, homes that cost millions of dollars. I, I just can't hardly put that in my peanut brain. And I don't know why they'd want one that costs that much, but that's all right if they want them. But I want you to know, our mansions in heaven will make them things look like shantytown. You ever been to the Grand Canyon? I've been, I've been fortunate enough to go there twice. It, it's amazing. It's a mile deep, four to 18 miles across, 217 miles long, 12 different layers of different colored rocks. And you look down on the Colorado River. And you know, I was kind of amazed at the first. I saw that look down there and I, uh, I thought the Colorado River was big. 
and looked like he could almost jump across it. And then I got to thinking, well, dummy, it's a mile away that you're seeing that thing. But I want you to know that that Grand Canyon would just be an ugly scar in heaven. Paul said, I have not seen or ear heard, neither entered the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love and serve him. You know, I've seen a lot of pretty sights in my life. I, we were coming back, me and my boys, one time across Arizona, and we, one night about 11 o'clock, and I got to seeing lights in the distance. My, I don't know how far we drove, but they just kept getting scattered out, scattered out, and scattered out. I thought this is the most beautiful city I've ever seen, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Drive into it some night from the west in the night. But I want you to know, heaven will leave no electric lights. It'll be lit up with the glory of God. What a wonderful thought. And it's amazing to me that heaven would be interested in this old sin-sick world that we're living in. The Bible says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that thou didst visit him? Old Satan wants to destroy the fact that heaven is interested in this world. But it was so interested in this world that Jesus came and went to the cross and died for my sins. Heaven was interested in it. I do know that the Bible says there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth than 99 people that need no repentance. If you want to make heaven rejoice, get somebody saved. I don't know what all those up there know what's going on down here, but the Bible said we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that it was said, and let us run with pace, the race with patience that's set before us. Then I, I thought about the music of heaven. This is pretty good music tonight. I kind of like that. But honey, you ain't heard nothing yet. And I know you enjoyed it more than I do because there's not a musical note in my body. It's not my fault. It had to be my grandpa or my dad's because they couldn't sing either. My brothers can't sing. My mama's side could sing like birds. But we took after daddy's. But one day, it's not, friends, it's not that I can't carry a tune. I just never have learned how to unload it where anybody could enjoy it. But one day, when God gives me a new body, I think He'll give me a new voice, and I'll say, Brother David, move over. I'm going to lead the choir tonight. Music. David assembled 4,000 instruments here while he's on earth. That must have been a musical mess. But we haven't heard anything yet. The Bible says it's a place of many mansions. In my father's house, it said, are many mansions. We're not so I told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare it, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. House of many mansions. Now, I, some of the interpreters today says, a house, that means a house of many rooms. Don't give me that stuff. That sounds like an old cheap motel to me. And I've, I've stayed in some of them. I'm looking for that house of many Mansions. I like that mansion deal. And the Bible tells how big it is. 
I don't know how to figure those fathom or those figures they got in the Bible, but somebody's figured out it's 1,500 miles east and west and 1,500 miles north and south. And I can grab that. I've been further than that in some of the directions and almost that far in the other directions. But it's, it's 1,500 miles this way. I can't hardly get a hold of that. 1,500 miles. Wow. I've never even rode in an airplane. I got an opportunity one time. My cousin wanted to take me riding his airplane. But I'd already rode with him on a motorcycle, and I wasn't about to get in an airplane with him. It needs no light, no need of the light of the sun, the moon, or the stars. It's lit by the glory of God. Our mansions will excel that of Solomon's house that they spent so long building. Foundations whose builder and maker is God. It's what kind of city is it? It's a city where evils of the earth are not known. The eyes once blind will now see. The ears once deaf will now hear. The tongue once dumb will now speak. And that face once pale with sickness will have the bloom and vigor of eternal life. That wrinkled brow of us old age folks will be smoothed out. No death, no sorrow, no crying, no pain, no sickness. Let me tell you something, friend. It's a man is mad or crazy that could hear about heaven and not want to go there. If there was a perfect a place of perfect health where there was no cripple, no cancer, no germs, no fever, no surgery, multitudes would be begging, borrowing, and stealing to get there if there's a place like that on earth. But there is a place like that, friend. It's called heaven, and you don't have to beg, borrow, and steal to get there. It is a gift of God. Yes, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life to get there. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believed on his name. Friend, let me tell you something. There's so much to hurt us here. Why don't we try to get ready here to go to a place where there is no hurt? There's so much ignorance here. Why don't we prepare to go to a place where there is no ignorance? There's so much disobedience to God's will. Why don't we prepare here to go to a place where there is no disobedience to God's will? There's so much unclean here. Why don't we go to a place that's cleaned up? I don't know, maybe you've heard old, the old boy down, pastor down, or he's an evangelist down in West Virginia. For years, started out riding a mule. But before he finished his ministry, he had his own airplane. He said, somebody said to me one day, he said, aren't you trying to clean up this old world? He said, No. He said, I'm trying to get me a little band together to go to one that's already cleaned up. Hallelujah. He said, down there in West Virginia, there's a building, a house, uh, road by this house where a lady lived that had wall-to-wall -wall kids. 
So she said to someone, they said, now don't you boys get out there in that oil and tar. Well, you know what happened. One come in one day, had it all over him. She looked at him and said, son, it'd be easier to have another one to clean you up. I want you to know, friend, our Jesus, when we come to him and repent of sin, he cleans us up. And he'll take us one day to a place that's already been cleaned up. And that place is called, called heaven. A new heaven and a new earth. It's a place of perfect government because the throne of God and the Lamb is there. It's a place of perfect security. It's a place of perfect service. It's a place of perfect fellowship. They shall see His face. It's a place of perfect recognition because His name will be in their forehead. It's a place of perfect knowledge. The Lord shall give them light. It's a place of perfect victory. They shall reign with Him forever. No defeat by the devil, the world, or the flesh. It's utter madness and insanity to miss heaven. I was reading some time ago in the Old Testament there, you remember when the children of Israel come out of Egypt and they, they would be in dividing up the new land. And uh, God did something very marvelous. He ha instructed them to build six cities of refuge in strategic places all around so it wouldn't be so far from anybody. And uh, they did that and that so that somebody killed somebody accidentally, the injury of blood could kill him if he got there and got inside the door until he had a fair trial. And there was a man by the name of Joab it was David's general, and there's a man of name of Abner. He had been on the other army, but he wanted to come over and fight for David. But Joab said, no, we don't want him. But David took him anyhow. But he had in, in battle had killed Joab's brother, and Joab was the avenger of blood. So he took after Joab, and Joab ran to the city of refuge. But the Bible said... Just before he got into the door, Joab called him aside and he killed him, pierced his, with his spear and he died. And David was so grieved and so mourned and here's what he said. Hear me, friend. He said, Abner died as a fool dies. Why? Because he was right at the door. All he had to do was go in and he'd be safe. But Abner called him, or Joab called him aside, and he listened. I want you to know, I believe there's a lot of people close to salvation. They're real close to entering in, but the devil calls them aside. And they die and go to hell instead of heaven. Abner died as a fool dies. Then we think about the meeting. This same Jesus who was taken up is going to come back, just like you saw him go again. For the Lord himself shall send from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ. That's those that's been buried out there in the cemetery will rise first. And we which are alive will remain to be caught up together to meet them in the Lord in the air. How comforting to know that friends and loved ones will be there. And I want to thank 
about one more thing or two. I want us to think about the Savior of heaven. We've talked a lot of other things. The one who made man. The, man, the one who left heaven's glory and come to earth's glory so we can leave earth's glory and go to heaven's glory. That's who he was. The one who's, with whose stripes we were healed. The Christ who was cursed on earth, but now he's crowned in heaven. The Christ that was humiliated on earth, but now he's exalted in heaven. The Christ who once in the agony of the earth is now adorned by the very angels of heaven. The one who was despised on earth, now worshipped by the angels. The one who was victim in the glory place of earth is now the victor in the glory place of heaven. The Christ who was once in the land of the graves is now in that graveless land. Friends, we have more to go to heaven for today than we've ever had before. I, uh, there was a time when Lynchburg, Virginia didn't mean nothing to me. To Ben and Emily and Will moved down there. Then heaven took on meaning to, or Lynchburg took on meaning to me. Then came a little Benjamin, a little, or Luke a little later. Now he can't believe he's ready to start the high school this year. But have, that place meant more to me than it ever meant in my life. Troy, Illinois didn't mean nothing to me until my son moved there. Arkansas didn't mean nothing until my sister and her family moved there. There was a time when heaven didn't mean much to me when I was young. But then my friends began to move there. Amen. That God called that old preaching grandpa home. The one on the singing side of the family. The old preacher would preach and the tears would run down his cheeks. I guess that's where I got my emotions. I didn't get them from the McCormick's. And he'd preach with power. He'd come to our church back for a while. I couldn't even remember. And they said 26 people got saved, come down to Illinois. Most of them men. One of them was my grandpa. I want to see him again. Old Grandma McCormick. Every somebody gets saved, she shouted all over the place. She went there. One night I was preaching revival and had a great revival. And she'd always shout when she'd go around and shake hands with those who got saved. And had a whole line of them up there and got saved. And oh, she got happy and she was blind. She couldn't see and she's up in her 80s. And, and they had to walk on each side of her, but she had to go shake hands. And she got the shouting. They couldn't hold her down. They could kill, hold her and fall over, but they couldn't hold her down. Some people was on the way to heaven. And after the service, one of them was her granddaughter that got saved. And the preacher said, he called her Aunt Jane. said, Aunt Jane got a lot to be proud for tonight. Her grandson preached and her granddaughter got saved. And she didn't know it. Was, she couldn't see it was her granddaughter. And she got happy and shouted again on the way to heaven. 
Got a mother and father, brothers, sis, two sisters over there. Got more to go to heaven for than ever had before. You have too. But you know, before I see all of that, there's somebody else I want to see. I want to see Jesus. The one that came into my life 76 years ago when I was 11 years old. Now, you don't have to be too smart now to figure out how old I am. I want to see him. I want to look upon the face of him who saved me by his grace. Are you looking forward to seeing your loved ones again? Let me finish. Heaven, hear me, is a prepared place for a prepared people. And there's only one way to prepare. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. He said, no man can come to the Father but by me. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believed on his name. He said, there's none other name under heaven whereby we can get sa- just by the name of Jesus. I want to ask you, I want you to think seriously. Have you been saved? Has there ever been a time when you came somewhere, whether here or at home or any place else, and you really repented of sin? That's a bad word today. We don't hear preachers talk about repenting anymore. Just come and believe. But I don't believe anybody will come and believe unless he's repented first. Then repentance and faith go hand in hand. Except you repent, you're going to perish, period. But oh, have you ever really done that? God, I'm sorry I've sinned. God, I want you to come into my heart tonight. Have you ever happened to you? But the Bible said, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. My, what a God we've got. What a loving Savior we had. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. You can't go any other way. Have you prepared? We're going to have an invitation. Our brother's going to come and lead us in a hymn. If you don't know that you really trusted Jesus, today would be the day, be the hour to come to know him because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I'll give them eternal life and they shall never perish. I like that, never perish. He gives us something that lasts. Most of the stuff we get today is fleeting. It passes away. But Jesus gives us eternal life. He said, I am the door to the sheepfold. He that climb up some of the way, the same of the thief and the robber. You can't steal your way into heaven. Just come and repent and trust him. And I want you to stand. If you don't know Jesus, come tonight and we'll pray with you. Somebody will come and help you. I want you to do it. Don't leave here wondering whether I'm going to heaven or not. 